I asked my podcast partner, Jen Akins, to pound the table for a tight end not named Travis Kelsey. Jen, who you pounded the table for? Today, I am pounding the table for Chigakonkwo. Ah. He is so cheap. So right now, an underdog, um, he is tight end 12. He's, a, he's an 11th rounder. But in redraft, according to our multi-site tool, he is tight end 22, a 15th rounder. I mean, he came on huge in the last uh, part of the second half, right, of last year. He was tight end 16 in half PPR points per game from weeks 9 through 18. There's no one else there to catch the ball besides Traylon Burks. I get it. The quarterback situation is very gross in Tennessee. But targets, targets, targets. Chickaconquo. I love it. I love Chickaconquo coming in there. Nobody else to throw the ball to. Uh, you heard it from Jen. Go get you some Chickaconquo. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Most Accurate Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Niles. With me is my excellent co-host, as usual, Jen Akins. How's it going, buddy? It's going. Uh, <laughs> it's going. Tight end show, July 4th weekend. Um, it might just be you and I talking to each other, which uh, could be the case. <laughs> we'll have to see. But no, I'm uh, you know, I'm always happy to talk about whatever. I know tight ends is uh, not anybody's favorite topic, but it is important because a lot of, you know, a lot of leagues still, still have them. So... Uh, I am good. How are you, Brandon? I'm doing okay. I'm, it's been a rough weekend in, in my my basketball fandom. So I'm, I've I've got the Dame jersey. I've got the Blazer hat. I'm 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 coping. That's that's how I'm doing. But uh, <laughs> otherwise, I'm doing pretty good. You can't uh, all live in the championship city. I know, Brandon. It's true. It's true. I need you. I need to just follow your teams, Jen, because mm-hmm. everything's coming up, Jen, lately. Always so. <laughs> or not always, but the last two years, everything's coming up me. <laughs> No, no, no. I uh things things are good. Things are good. I'm actually excited to talk about tight ends because it's it's such a terrible position that it's nice sometimes to try to kind of mine some level of it or some semblance of value out of it because you do get breakout players who do change your fantasy seasons. Uh, and there are players that do matter sometimes. So uh, you know, I'm I'm not too upset to talk about it. But uh, I, let's start with when to take a tight end. I want to talk some strategy stuff, and then we'll talk about specific players and what we think of them and uh, specifically from a value perspective, which is what we always kind of bring to it. Uh, But when do you like to take a tight end? We've had this conversation before, uh, but it doesn't hurt to review it a little bit. No, not at all. It depends on format and and what you're playing straight up normal redraft. I am, I'm a waiter. I am definitely, well, I'm a waiter in all, in all formats, but in redraft, I, I would say at least, Double digits is kind of a minimum for me uh, because you're only starting one unless you're in some crazy league. Uh, And and they're all pretty gross, uh, as we'll we'll talk about. I'm sure the word gross will come up a lot because I I like that word anyway. But uh, when when we're talking about tight ends, it's very applicable. So, you know, if if you get past the first few, it's all kind of a wash. So for me, I will uh, I'll let people kind of take those those middle guys and wait and wait and wait and just load up on bench depth or whatever else is going on on my team and wait. So double digit for me in redraft under, you know, best ball, same thing, even later double digit for me in in best ball formats. I mean, we're talking 14, 15, 16 for me there. Uh, does tight end premium leagues, does that make a difference for you? Or uh, occasionally there's leagues that start two tight ends. How much of a difference does that make for you? I would say a little bit. If it's a tight end premium league, I may 
tend to pay up a little bit and maybe get, you know, we'll, we'll get into names later, but you know, one of like maybe the elite three or four or whatever, uh, I maybe pay up a little bit more for that in a tight end premium lane. Cause they may end up scoring, you know, similar points to someone that you may get in that range, you know, as, as your wide receiver too, or, or whatever, depending on what it is. So, uh, yeah, I'll pay up in a tight end premium, um, a two tight end, Probably not. I'd, I'd probably go with a two scrub approach, a streaming two scrub approach, depending. I don't really, I don't play in any two tight end leagues, but if I did, I think I would probably kind of equate it similar to a best ball where I'm going to just kind of a committee and just hope and pray. I'm in a couple two tight end leagues and I, I can't decide if I like it. Cause on the one hand, I tend to like more players to root for. I tend to just kind of have that mentality with fantasy football in general. I like adding kicker slots and adding tight ends and adding extra flex and two quarterbacks. I just always like having more players to root for. But on the other hand, the tight end position is such a wasteland that it becomes prohibitive sometimes to, to try to set a lineup and to try to roster uh, the correct number of players and, you end up with like three tight ends that are just eating up roster spots. And that's, it's awful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I got you there. And, and I understand why people sometimes do the, you know, the, the two tight end league, just like you said, to mix things up and make it a little more fun because tight end is so horrendous that, you know, if everybody gets the same mentality and everybody waits, then it's kind of, mm. so get, getting to, I, I can understand why a commissioner would want to spice up the league and go that route. Absolutely. Uh, one more quick question on when to take a tight end. Do you take Travis Kelsey? Because you got a mid to late first round is when you have to take him. If you're drafting in that spot, do you take him? I will sprinkle him in for sure in, in best ball. I, I think in redraft, I probably won't. I mean, I haven't had any yet because it's a little early on that. Unless he falls to maybe the second round. But I don't know that I'm going to. And it'll probably bite me in the ass and everybody else. But it's scary to to lock up that draft capital right there. And God forbid this is the year he falls off or this is the year something else happens. It's a little scary. I, I think. Yeah. But I mean, in best ball, yes. If I'm in the right spot and it's, you know, happening to, to work out well and I might grab Mahomes for a stack, I, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. It's tough for me too. And I, I understand the mentality of you have, a tight end that's so much better than the field that it does give you that leg up and it give you an advantage. And there's countless amounts of analytics and studies that suggest that that's a good way to go. Uh, I just look at the wide receivers available in the late second round, early third round, and it makes me scared to skip one in the first. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Cause all of a sudden you're, you know, you're looking at your Terry McLaurin as your wide receiver one. And it's like, eh, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> Makes me nervous. Those uh-huh. receivers, they're going so fast off they the board are. lately. So it's crazy. Meanwhile, I'm getting decent running backs in the third, fourth round, which is surprising. Yes, that's that's definitely a change from this year or from, you know, from from past years. Running back that I mean, we'll t- I don't know. Maybe we'll do a, a running back show at some point. Uh, but, you know, that position has evolved and it seems like this year it's a little different, which is kind of fun. Yeah, uh, always kind of like interesting mixes and wrinkles to the fantasy football landscape. Um, quickly, how many tight ends do you take? Do you just take one? I know you since you're you're waiting. Assuming that it's a strategy where you're waiting, do you just take the one and then stream if it doesn't work out, or do you try to load up on upside guys hoping to hit one? Yeah, in redraft leagues, I take one. I uh, because you know at that point you get to where you're just going to take one, and then you hope that most people in your league take one to where you can stream or you can waiver wire it up if if yours uh, falters. But some people will take two. But 
from a standard, you know, 12 team league, 16 rounds, I'm going to take one in best ball. I'm going to take two to three, depending on where, where I end up drafting them or who they, you know, who they are basically. In expert leagues, only one tight end gets drafted per team. Oh, like, yeah. That's the way it goes. And in home leagues, I feel like it's the flip. I feel like most of the time I go into a home league, and I'm always shocked that, like, rosters are carrying three quarterbacks in one quarterback yeah. league, two tight ends. <laughs> it's yeah. Home leagues are such a crapshoot, and that's the most fun about them is that, in you know, those of us that are in this industry and we draft so much and we get so used to these drafts, and then, you know, Labor Day comes around and you roll up to your home league and you're like, oh, this is and it's just fun, but it's also scary. It's the Wild West because you're waiting. And then, yeah. like last year, I got, you know, I kind of got screwed out of a quarterback because I waited and then people started taking second. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, you know, I ended up, I can't remember who I ended up. I think I ended up with Carr and it was not great uh, for me. But yeah, yeah. Home leagues are, are fantastic in that way because they can be pleasing and then they can also just absolutely gut punch when you're waiting and you know okay there's three more good starting quarterbacks you know no way these people you know and then all of a sudden they just start taking seconds and thirds and you're like "Ah." (laughs) it always makes it so much fun i love the casual leagues and the home leagues and it it makes it so much fun uh andy barons talked about how the position is a fake position a couple weeks ago when we did our grievances uh which was a lot of fun I do want to um, ask you what you think about his idea of just merging the position, just calling tight ends receivers or flex and not having a separate spot. I like it, but I also don't. I like, I'm, I'm one of those, you know, I love kickers and I love tight ends There's something about it for me. I don't know if it's because that's what I started covering in the industry. When I first came in, I was the tight end person at four for four. And I don't know if I have the special weird affinity for tight ends and I like navigating the position because it is so volatile and it is so yucky um, that it makes it kind of fun. And I feel like if you merge, then all of a sudden we have nothing to talk about when it's, yeah, I don't know. There's something about it that I just enjoy. I enjoy, maybe I'm just a glutton for punishment. Maybe I like, I mean, as you all know, I love the festivist segment and I love the, you know, I have a new week, new weekly uh, newsletter for Betts Burtz, and I have a section called the Complaint Desk. It's it's awesome, by the way. If you haven't so, checked out Jen's newsletter, subscribe. Thank you very much. It's a deep dive newsletter. Check it out. But yeah, I I love a complaint, right? So I think it's kind of fun to have everybody commiserate over the tight end position, and you take it away, and then all of a sudden it's just another flex spot. No one's going to start, you know, Tyler Higby when you don't have to, right? So why not make it to where we can all, you know, be in it together? Let's not start Tyler Higby in <laughs> any all. format at all. No, he was like the tight end nine last year. I can't, I can't even say anything, but I know, but it's one of those <laughs> things that you just, uh, it's like Mike Kosicki. Here we are again. No, I'm, I'm with you back when I started playing fantasy football back in the early nineties, you know, there were a lot of tight ends out there that were really good, but the league I entered into, it's a home league. It was done on paper and tight ends were receivers. And so like, two tight ends got drafted each year. It was like Jay Novacek and Keith Jackson. And that was it, which I'm dating myself with these names. Yeah. But I, they're but great they're good, names. good names, right? <laughs> uh, you know, so we, you know, Ben Coates, guys like that came along and they'd get drafted a little bit, but they Ben Coates was players. a good fantasy tight end. Yeah. And, and I remember when that league specifically added the tight end position as a separate thing, it was like opening a whole new world and a whole window of players. I hadn't paid any attention to before. And so I'm with you. I like having it there. And I, I will say I drafted Mark Andrews really late in his breakout year. 
and nothing feels so good as that. Right. And there's always <laughs> one every year, but yeah. you have to hit on it. You know, I wish I remembered. I wish I remembered some of my, you know, nineties league stuff. Like I just, it's, I wish I knew to hang on to those, you know, memories and thoughts. And, you know, I, like, I remember my first guy that I ever drafted, right. It's Ricky waters. We've talked about that, but Steve Young, but yeah. So I remember that, but I don't remember how the league, I mean, I'm sure it was standard. I'm sure I don't, I know we looked at the newspaper for the stands on Monday, but I don't remember what we did. I don't remember the positions. I don't remember the scoring. It's kind of a bummer. I wish I kind of kept track of that. And now everyone who, you know, it's all online. You can look at all your leagues and, you know, we, those of us who started, you know, pre-internet um, don't have the luxury of going back and kind of seeing all that stuff. I wish I did that. I, I'm pretty sure we always had a tight end, but I could be wrong. And I know I start to kind of conflate years. So pretty soon I become like the person who went fishing and the fish gets bigger every year. Of course. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm always like, I remember the year I had Barry Sanders and Emmett Smith on the mm -hmm. same team. And that probably never <laughs> happened. <laughs> Listen, but, I remember I had Peyton Manning and Eric Decker that one year when they both blew up and it was fantastic. And I lived here and they won the Super Bowl. It was a lot, but it was what good. a year. What a good it, year. It was, like it I said, was a good Everything comes up, Jen. Everything that, comes up, Jen. That was the late 90s. So, or, you know, not the late 90s. Manning so, Decker was early. Yeah, no. Uh, early that was later. That yeah, was much later. Years. I was thinking about when I first moved to Denver, the, you know, the Elway, the Super Bowl, that was then. But yeah, Easy e Ed McCaffrey and Rod Smith. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Those good receivers. So. Oh, Twizzler's here on time. Twizzler. Uh, did you tell Twizzler this is not a Leonard Fournette episode? No, he doesn't know that Leonard Fournette has not been signed yet. He. Uh, okay. We won't tell. We won't tell him. Yeah. <laughs> he wants me to open the window, but it's not going to happen. Um. Anyway. So we, before we get into specific players, yes. uh, two things. The number one thing is we're not really going to talk about Travis Kelsey because he's, no. uh, I mean, nothing not to really say. Anything to say. We right? actually so, already talked about him more than I thought bit. we would. Yeah. yeah. Just slightly. But, uh, but yeah, not going to go into like the benefits of, of Travis Kelsey and whether or not he's going to have a good season. I do want to ask Kyle Pitts. I noticed I, I mostly looked at our multi-site ADP tool on 444. That's kind of something I've been looking at uh, when I'm evaluating ADP as I start to shift from all best ball all the time to preparing for redraft leagues. And I see that Kyle Pitts's ADP on underdog, on underdog is round six, which is what I've been operating off of. And his multi-site is round 12. Kyle Pitts is going down. So when we talked about our grievances a couple of weeks ago with Andy Barron's, I was shocked that Kyle Pitts was going so high. Now round 12 makes a little more sense to me. What do you think what the discrepancy is here? I think that underdog are more people i think it more analytical people right more people that right so i think the redraft people are more recency biased people and they're like forget it cow piss sucks we're not drafting him and i think that's kind of the difference i think once people start to come back uh to fantasy you know in the next month or so those redraft numbers i think he'll probably climb a little bit when when sharper people return or i, I don't know because i don't know who's Who's drafting right now in redraft on where like there's that ADP is coming from? Like I assume it might be mocks like on ESPN and NFL and Yahoo. I'm guessing that. that's it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that there's serious drafting going on. So, uh, you know, at that ADP, he's worth it. But yeah. it, at, at the underdog ADP, to me, he's not. And I feel like it's it's tough with him, right? Because we know the talent is there. We know all the things, right, with Kyle Pitts. But at the same time. You know, after two years, it's it's tough to to really click that button for me. 
Yeah, I I can't do it. I in the in the twelfth round, if if I could start getting into redraft, and you're right, it's mocks. It's it's absolutely mock drafts. We we we're done with the draft. We're looking at training camp. We're itching for preseason, right? We're just a few weeks out from preseason, and so we're like, what can I do? I'm gonna go mock because I'm gonna start prepping for my redraft league. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I. I in round 12, if, if he starts sliding there, he will become probably part of a committee for me where I've got a few tight ends that I hope one hits. Uh, I, I think probably in that boat for me. So let's let's shift to the players. And I kind of went by ADP here. After Kelsey, we've got uh, the rounds three through five. You got Mark Andrews going in the third, Hawkinson and George Kittle in the fourth, and Dallas Goddard in the fifth. These are what I would say the, are the premium tight ends uh, outside of Kelsey that you need to kind of pay up for if you're going to get them. Uh Take me through these four players and your approach to them. I, I know you've said you don't pay up, and it's okay if that's your response, that you're just not paying for them, but I'm curious. So I'll go one by one so we can kind of – Mark Andrews, I want to pay up for. I do like him. I feel like last season was kind of rough, right? He fell off a little bit. He had knee and shoulder issues. Uh, Lamar was also hurt. So I feel like this year we have Todd Monk in there now who likes to throw more. Let me open the window here for Twizzler so he doesn't. Uh, Twizzler has some demands. It's he has. The way it goes. He has. He has things. <laughs> um, but so yeah, and I like Andrews, and I feel like when he's on, he's on. And so I think that he's one of those that if I was going to pay up, I feel like he's kind of the sweet spot. Well, not the sweet spot because he's still a third rounder, right? So you're not paying. Twizzler just left. Um, you we're not paying all the way up, and you're not you're not burning a first round pick on him. Uh, but you're still getting kind of a good premium tight end. Um, next you go, I mean, Hawkinson kind of similar, right? I mean, he's living his best life right now in Minnesota. He, yeah. And I feel like, you know, th that offense has some, there, there's some competition, but at the same time, I think he's going to get his share of targets. So I don't hate him either. I don't know that I will be paying up and redraft for him. Uh, but if, if it, if it hits right in best ball, I may here and there, Kittle, you know, I'm out. I get nervous, you know, injury risk. There's a lot of mouths to feed in that San Francisco offense with a question mark really at, at quarterback. So if there wasn't, you know, Debo Samuel and Brandon, Ayuk, I just, you know, and Christian McCaffrey, I might be more apt to take Kittle, but I think he's the one out of all of the, well, that's not true. Cause I'm out on Goddard too. Um, I think that, you know, last year, Philly was the fourth, fourth run heaviest team in the league last year. Um, and Goddard hasn't scored more than five touchdowns in any of his five seasons in the league. So Kittle and Goddard are the two that I'm just out on. I don't want to invest that high of a draft capital for them. Andrews and Hawkinson, I would. Uh, are we talking about Waller yet? Or were those the four you wanted to talk about? Those are the four I wanted okay. to kind of start with. Yeah. So, uh, so Hawkinson, interestingly enough, he only had three touchdowns with the Vikings in yeah. 10 games. So that feels like that's got to go up, right? Right. You, yeah, yeah, the positive regression thing. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, he had three with the Lions as well, but th only three in ten games with the Vikings. Like that, that feels that. Also today, T.J. Hawkinson turns twenty-five. Happy birthday, T.J. Hawkinson. Oh, just gonna say. So happy birthday to you. <laughs> twenty-five is good. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm okay paying for him. I I like that Andrews and Kittle, and we'll get to Waller. But these this group isn't going in the second round like it was right. last year. Right. <laughs> no, true. They are more affordable. And like Goddard, I understand why people would want to pay for him i just that offense has a lot going on and it just makes me nervous yeah they run a lot and mm -hmm. aj brown and Devonte smith both just mm -hmm. soak up targets I'm, I'm out on goddard i and Jalen hurts you know runs too so yeah 
I have talked myself into Kittle. Have you? I have. Okay. Quietly played 15 games last year, 14 the year before. Now, now I know he's always a little hobbled and all that. So those the games played isn't the best way to evaluate his health. But uh, I know he's laid some huge eggs. He'll be 30 in October. However, he was the top tight end in fantasy football over Kelsey while Purdy was at quarterback. He he. It wasn't even really close to be honest. Kelsey was fourth. It's a six game sample size, so not huge. But Brock Purdy threw to George Kittle. He threw a lot to George Kittle and a lot to Christian McCaffrey. Uh, most of per- Purdy's touchdowns went to Kittle and McCaffrey. I Fourth round pick, like if Kittle was going second round like he was a year ago, I, I would be out. But fourth round, if I don't like the board and I don't have a tight end, I find myself talking myself into Kittle. Purdy sounds like he's going to be good to go uh, to start the season. And I'm a, I'm a Purdy believer. I don't know if... I mean, I don't know if I'm uh, anointing Purdy as the next Hall of Fame quarterback, but I liked what he saw last year. He processes the game so fast, and that's a skill that translates and can keep you around for a little while, especially in Kyle Shanahan's offense with the weapons he has. Uh, There are a lot of mouths to feed. You are correct in that with Debo Samuel there. Brandon Ayuk is still a good player, and McCaffrey's going to get his, but I've, I've I've talked myself into Kittle, Jen. Is that okay? Because I know your feelings. <laughs> no, I uh, I think it's great. Uh, somebody has to take him, right? No, I think that. Uh, no, listen. I mean, you make it. You make a solid point. I'm not going to say you don't. So, you know, and I, we all have to kind of get rid of that. You know, that that recency bias thing that that gets us every time. Where in my head, I think Kittle hurt. Kittle hurt. You know, and he, uh, like you said, he quietly wasn't hurt. I guess so. Uh, yeah, you make a good point. He was the the clear tight end one for those six games that Purdy was starting, which is really really that surprised me. I didn't I didn't quite. I was looking at splits today, and I was like, oh wow, well that's far better than I thought because I just remember him losing me a playoff game. That's all I remember. No. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so let's go to that uh, the middle round guys, right? So and I'm talking Darren Waller in the sixth, uh, Evan Ingram and Pat Fryermuth in the seventh, and David Njoku in the eighth, and then you get Cole Komet and Dalton Kincaid in the ninth. Uh, that's what I call the middle rounds of your fantasy draft. Uh, any thoughts on these players? You don't have to go one by one, just kind of any highlights that you uh, feel like you want to share about this group and where they're going. I don't know that I am going to take anybody in this section. I don't. <clears throat> the thing with Waller, I can see him getting a lot of targets. That offense, we don't really know. You know, it's kind of a nameless receiving core right now. You know, Paris Campbell, there's a lot of hype for him right now. All of a sudden, he, yeah, I, I, he just rose fetched. like 20 he's fetch for me. <laughs> he he rose he rose like 25 spots in ADP over the last two weeks because you know he had a good mini camp or whatever. People remembered that he's in New York, but a lot of nameless faces there and a lot of hurt people and people there's just a lot there. It's it's standing room only in in the wide receiver room there. So Waller could end up with a lot of targets. He could also be hurt. And so uh, Waller is, is really a no. Ingram, I feel like there's a lot there too. You add in Ridley and it's a little bit tough. Yeah. But I mean, he's also, you know, a seventh rounder. So I, I, I can see, I could talk myself into Ingram if I had to out of that group. Firemouth, similar. I mean, he has a decent floor, right? A, a decent, you know, seventh round. Maybe Fryermuth. That's if we believe in Kenny Pickett. So there's that too. 
Uh, Njoku, I don't know. He's tough, man. He's had this like mixed bag of seasons. Like he's clearly talented, but I don't know. Is this the year? Like here we are. And I feel like we say that every year. So I don't know if I mean eighth rounder, it's not too much of an investment, but I feel like at that point I'd maybe rather get a good bi-week fill-in or maybe my wide receiver three or whatever uh, around that turn. So I think that, um, that, that this, this quad of tight ends are probably all a pass for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only one that I'll buy is Fryermuth. I, uh, the rest of them I'm, I'm with you. I just, I'd rather wait a little bit cause I don't think there's a big difference between this group and the next group that you can get in the double digit rounds, which you've already highlighted as the place that you go. Uh, I will say Fryermuth tight end eight and fantasy points per game last year. And he did it while only catching two touchdowns. Uh, I will say only caught the two touchdowns from Mitch Trubisky. So like Kenny Pickett didn't throw to him in the end zone. Uh, but you know, Pickett could be better, you know, uh, all but one of his nine picks came in his first five starts. So Pickett got a little better as the season went on. Uh, we'll see. Um, I will say George Pickens caught four of those seven touchdowns that Kenny Pickett threw. I'm just, you know, wide receiver sleepers and guys to look at. I'm you love know, me some hey, George Pickens. you know, I love me some George Pickens. <laughs> and for some reason, a lot of people are down on him this year. And I'm like, that's fine. You cannot not not be, you know, take advantage of his circus catches. I will. I'm going to draft him a lot because I think I, th- I think he's going to put up really good like fringe wide receiver one numbers. I, I think he's going to be really good. Uh, and then Njoku, I'm out on Njoku too. Like I, I I like the talent, but you know we have to remember I mentioned Firemuth the tight end eight and fantasy points per game, and I'm talking 0.5 PPR fantasy points per game. Uh, you know Njoku number nine, but that's only one point per game above the tight end 15, right? Uh, but it's 1.1 points b- below the tight end six. So like after tight end four, five, six, like it gets ugly fast and there's not a big difference. No, you're right. And you know what? If you look at, you know, John Paulson's rankings, like if you look at the, you know, that there's projections there and you look at the actual, you know, what he's projecting for the season, it's like once you get to, you know, obviously the first are all the same, but once you get to tight end, like, 13. So 12 is Dalton Schultz. 13 is Firemuth. He's projecting them both with 102 points. And then like Dulcich, they're all about the same. Like, it's like, they're all around 100, 95, 93, 92. Like, taste some, you know, they're all the way down to, you know, uh, yeah. So they're all the same. It's yeah, it's, it's a big grouping and you're just kind of hoping one of them hits. I, I will say, so let's assume that Deshaun Watson is better than he was in the what, six games or so that he played with Njoko, where Njoko was the tight end 16 for those six games, just so you know. They, it wasn't Watson was not good and was not looking to Njoku. Um, so Njoku's going as the tight end eight right now. So the hope is that Watson is better and that's going to feed Njoku. But Watson's never used a tight end. Now, he he's never had a tight end like David Njoku, and that's fair to say. But like, 2020, 2019, and 2018 were his three like full seasons as a starter. Uh, Jordan Aikens tied in 32, Darren Fells tied in 21, Jordan Thomas tied in 45. Like those are those are his tight ends. So it's not like there's not like evidence to point to to say Deshaun Watson is going to provide a phenomenal fantasy tight end. And and Joker, we I feel like we wait for his breakout every year. I feel like this is him. He's a guy who's going to pop a couple weeks a season, and otherwise just kind of middle his way around. That's kind of yeah. what I think he is. I mean, it's. Totally cliche, but best ball, you know, good for best ball, not good for redraft. Yeah, absolutely. So, 
Um, all right, so uh, I want to talk about late round targets. So this is, uh, instead of just going through all the players, I want to talk about guys you actually are targeting. Oh. Obviously, you mentioned Chicken Gonku. Uh, who else are you looking at in those 10 rounds and above? Somebody that you want to take a stab on going into your redraft seasons. So I wrote a couple down that are pretty deep. Like I didn't go with kind of the, yeah, like you said, the next five in the, in the rotation here. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. One guy I wrote down is Sam Laporta, the rookie in Detroit. He's a day one starter. There aren't a ton of passing options there in Detroit. He's a 10th rounder underdog. He's tight end 20, a 14th rounder. So I feel like, you know, people are a little bit scared of, of rookie tight ends as they should be. Cause they don't historically do that well for fantasy, but where he's being drafted, I think he's a good gamble. I think based on the fact that he's walking right into that starting job. And I think that you've got one, you know, you've got a Monroe St. Brown and then you've got a whole lot of nobodies until Jamison Williams comes back and Jamison Williams at the same time. We don't even know, I, you know, he was great at Alabama, but he, had one catch last year, you know, everyone's banking on this guy being their wide receiver too. And what if he's not? So I feel like Sam Laporta is one of those guys that people are overlooking a little bit in, uh, in underdog. They're not, I mean, he's going a little bit quicker, but I feel like in redraft, he's going to be one of those guys that just slides and you can grab him, you know, super late. Uh, the other guy I wrote down is the Colts Jelani Woods. So there was a report uh, this week from the Indianapolis star uh, that they think that Woods is likely to take on the Goddard role in the uh, in, in Sh- yeah in in the new you know Saint uh, I can't speak Shane <laughs> Steichen's offense. So that's what you know the beat writer said that he might take on that Goddard role there. So I'm all about that. You know he, he's big dude, athletic dude. You know there's 15 tight ends there in 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 Indy right now. But <laughs> if the beat writers think he's the guy, I'm all in because right now he's tight end 32 on underdog in the 18th round. And in redraft, uh, he is tight end 30 in the 19th round. So I'll, I'll tell you what, as someone who writes the player blur- blurbs weekly for the Colts, I would love for one tight end <laughs> to just become I'm sure. relevant there. I'm so tired of writing about like three tight ends that are all ranked from 20 to 25. I'd be like, it I don't know which nice. one to pick. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice. And I'm hoping maybe with this new offense there that they'll kind of narrow it down and actually go with one and, and possibly Woods. And he's, I mean, he's as free as you get. He's a last rounder in, in every format. He's got uh, so the those, profile too. Yeah. So. I mean, those are the only two I wrote down. I mean, I can talk about more if you want, just out of my head, but I figured that uh, you, uh, you probably wanted to add your two cents. Yeah. I've got a few guys. Uh, Don F. Hi. Thanks for listening. Uh, says Bryce, uh, Bryce, uh, <laughs> Bryce Young. Young. Forgot <laughs> Bryce Young's name, suddenly. Uh, Bryce Young and Hayden Hurst, basically a free best ball stack. Yeah. Obviously talking about um, QB3, tight end three for roster. Absolutely. Love that stack. Also love sprinkling in some Tommy Tremble. I think Tommy Tremble has some uh, some value I've been known. Well. I've been known to, to overweight myself on Hayden Hurst in years <laughs> past. <laughs> this would not be the first time, so I'm I'm all about it. Doesn't matter where he is, I end up somehow taking him every year. I mean, Frank Reich, if we're going to get, I I wanted to, let's just do the Carolina talk right now. Cause I wanted to talk about Frank Reich coming to that offense. We've talked about this a little bit before Uh, we can project and talk about all these players and these pieces and how they're going to fit together in Carolina under this new coaching staff. But we really don't know. We don't, we haven't seen any of these players play together. It's a completely new offense. So I'm very interested in how this is going to work. And Reich has made multiple fantasy relevant tight ends in the past. We've seen it with players who've, uh, been really, really good fantasy tight ends and players who've just spiked at times. So in a best ball situation, both those guys could be good. No, I'm with you. 
I've no, I mean, I Tommy Tremble. It's one of those I. I've wanted him to be good for a while and it just doesn't, it doesn't ever seem to happen, but maybe, maybe this is the year for Tommy Tremble. He's an interesting guy. Cause he came out of college projected as a blocker only. Uh, right. He was, he was one of the best blocking talents in that draft. And then he's, he kind of showed up to camp and started catching the ball and people were like, wait a minute, you're not supposed to have hands. And he's just kind of, He's just kind of slowly developing as a route runner and as a receiving option. I, I think if you're looking at breakout tight end potential, Tommy Tremble is up there. He's also just as likely to do nothing and fade. Yeah, into of course. So it's, <laughs> and that's really kind of where we are in these final. And, you know, there was a long time that I was all about Juwan Johnson and I have so much of him in best ball, but Foster Moreau is back and, and he is cancer free and they're you know looking good. And yeah, they're so happy that, for Foster. Moreau. No, absolutely. Yeah. But I've seen reports from you know, New Orleans beat writers that he is possibly going to take that job from Juwan Johnson, which is a bummer. Uh, not for Foster Moreau, of course, but for all of my Juwan Johnson shares <laughs> that I loaded up on during the spring. Absolutely. But you never know. They uh, We'll have to see how that goes because, of course, there's always the Taysom Hill factor, which I assume we're going to talk about here in let's, a minute. Let's talk about Taysom Hill. Let's do it. So he's uh, another one. Like right now on our multi-site ADP tool over at 444.com, the tight end 19 going in the 13th round. So obviously doesn't cost a lot of money to put Taysom Hill on your roster. Uh, in best ball, it's a little more interesting to kind of throw him out there because of those spike weeks that he gets. How do you approach Taysom Hill in, in redraft and best ball? Redraft, I don't know because I don't want to make that decision every week. Like I don't think that's happening. But in best ball, absolutely. I wrote about him this morning. Uh, he was actually the highest, excuse me, the highest rising tight end on underdog over the last two weeks in ADP. There's been, yeah, there's been reports, you know, as usual, right? He's lining up everywhere and he's this, yeah. You know, he's just he's a he's a cheat code. Uh, <laughs> you just you have to draft him in best ball. Maybe yeah. not, you know, every round or not every draft, but you have to sprinkle him in because he's going to have two or three weeks where he has three touchdowns, you know, I don't know where, and he's going to do nothing. But uh, so in redraft, no, because I wouldn't want to make that decision every week with him, but in best ball, I would absolutely smash. Cause I think he's a 16th rounder in, uh, in on underdog. He's so cheap. Uh, and yeah. which is weird on underdog that he's still that cheap because an underdog, he is very valuable as you right. said, a third tight end. Right. So uh, in redraft, I I'll be honest. In two tight end leagues, taste which I I am in two of those. Taysom Hill is an automatic for me because because I can't find another tight end that's going to have spike weeks. And even in redraft, I'd rather live with five weeks of zeros. Right. Because I mean, if you're going to take us, I guess for me in redraft, I wouldn't want him as my only. But if you're going to have a bench spot and you're going to have a second one that you can kind of alternate or use him on bye weeks and. I just feel like I would always pick wrong and I would put him in when he does nothing. And then the next week he's going to have three touchdowns on my bench. And you just have to live with those zeros with him. Like that's just, that's just, which is unfortunate, but sometimes it makes sense when you're staring at streaming because often you're streaming a tight end who's probably going to get you two points anyway. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, streaming as we know is, is it's an ugly game, but it's kind of a fun game. I think I've just been so used to it that I, I feel like I'm, yeah, I've I've gotten pretty uh into at we do a whole show about it. So well, and you're very good in general. So you uh you tend to have good advice and good streaming, good streaming options, even at the tight end position. So uh, I'm curious. I I wanted to talk about uh my late round. I didn't quite get there. Uh, everybody kind of forgot about Zach Ertz. Like he's available at the end of draft. So I I sprinkled him in. I- yeah, I was taking some Trey McBride earlier. I think the quarterback situation is just scaring people off. I think, 
I think it's just like, what are we doing with Arizona in general? And I think people are just skip, skip, skip. I don't mind taking Trey McBride at the end, just in case, but I don't know. Is this the year that Zach Ertz falls off? I mean, I don't know his, uh, is he what? 33. I don't even know. He, he could be 28 for all I know. I feel like everyone's old and then they're not. So I didn't write oh. down his age. He's probably in his early 30s, though, I guess. But um, but he was good until he got hurt last year. And and I know the quarterback situation is concerned. But he's a tight end 26. Like, you can get him at the last round of your redraft. Yeah, I think so. – yeah. I don't know that I would, but I, I could understand it. I, I, I think you could, you could definitely paint the picture of drafting him and why. And I think it makes sense. I don't know that I will, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, fault anyone for doing so. It, it like you said, it, it makes sense. And Jelani Woods was on my list. Uh, the other guy is Kate Otten. Kate Otten, I fully expect to. You know, we've talked me. about him. I didn't even yeah. bring him up because you know I've I've talked about him a lot. <laughs> I fully expect him to disappoint me. I fully expect oh, him yeah, to be me too, my new Gerald Everett. Him. I think, <laughs> but I'm going to draft him everywhere. Oh yeah, but you know what? I just feel like in that offense, like what. Why not? There's I mean, nobody else, else there. Is, yeah. At tight end. Nobody else at tight end. Right. Yeah. Cameron so. Brate's gone. It, it's mm-hmm. all. You've got Baker or God forbid, Kyle Trask throwing the ball <laughs> there. So why not Kate Otten? I mean, I just, you know, if, if Baker is, is inaccurate and he can't get it down to Evans or I just feel like why not Kate Otten? And he's so cheap. So, so cheap. He's free. You know, he's going past all the guys that we've already talked about. So, and he's probably the starter and all the camp news has been really positive. Like people uh-huh. seem to like him. So it seems he was like, he's I mean, well. he was good last year when he was afforded the opportunity. I mean, now granted Tom Brady threw like 7,000 times last year, That's but true. still Kate <laughs> Otten was good when Bray was out and when given the chance. So I have no problem with that. Another guy also, by the way, that I was reading earlier today, that's kind of emerging uh is jake ferguson like i know they have the rookie there as well but ferguson apparently is you know turning heads at camp so if you if you uh believe in that sort of hype thing (laughs) he's there and he's cheap too that was my next question for you is is how are you going to take how are you going to approach the dallas uh dallas cowboys tight end position I don't know that I will, but I feel like if somebody is looking for something that late and, and, and all the guys we've talked about are not there, then, you know, listen, this is all, they're all, these are all darts at this point, right? So we're just talking ourselves into which darts and where you're going to throw them. But Jake Ferguson's just, I mean, he's just as viable as anybody else to do something this year. I will say if you do the late round tight end strategy that we're talking about, which is, I, I mostly recommend that as well. If you do that strategy and you ha- find yourself with an empty roster spot heading into the season, stash Jake Ferguson might, might do nothing, but Dalton Schultz has been a tight end one and a good tight end one. When given the opportunity that there's, there's room for a tight end to thrive there. There is. And I don't know that uh, Luke Schoonmacher is, is going to be, I, I feel like, yeah, I mean he we may be good. Tight ends, he may so. be good later, but I think Jake Ferguson is someone that no one's really talking about. Which, I mean, I wouldn't rush and grab him, but like you said, bench dash at the last round or a best ball as part of a committee tight end three. Why not? Keep an eye on that snap count week one, week two. Keep keep an eye on that because he might be a top streamer. And if even if he doesn't catch a ton of passes that first week, if he is on the field most of the time and racking up some targets. You might be able to kind of get him a little bit early before he becomes a prominent streaming option. So uh, I want to talk about one more rookie real quick. Uh, the Raiders, you know, Josh McDaniels is there. Jimmy Garoppolo might be there. We'll see about his health. Uh, Michael Mayer was touted as the most pro ready 
tight end in this draft, goes to the Raiders in the second round. He's available in the 13th round right now on our multi-site IEDP tool. Uh, what do you think about Michael Mayer? Do you think there's some fantasy gold to mine in Las Vegas? I'm a little weary, wary of that. I feel like, like you said, maybe Jimmy G, it may not be. Even if it is Jimmy G, I mean, is he good, right? I mean, we're kind of in that. I don't know. I think he'll be fine, but for a rookie, I, I'm not clamoring. And in fact, uh, that same uh, Risers and Fallers ADP article that came out today, he is the biggest faller of tight ends uh, over the last two weeks. I mean, it wasn't a huge drop. It was like five spots. It was half a round or something, but it was still something. I mean, he, he did drop in ADP over the last two weeks. I think people were super stoked. And then I think people are also backing up a little bit because of that Raider offense and just the uncertainty there, um, at the QB position. Yeah. The, the doubts of Jimmy G's health, that's gotta be, that's gotta be a big factor. And that's uh, the thing, like we said, I mean, even going into it, it's still Jimmy Garoppolo. Like we're not, super stoked on him as it is. And then now he's possibly has a foot issue. Like it's like, hmm. I think it, yeah, I think unless you're Devonte Adams, I'm not really going there. Yeah. I think that's very, very fair to stay away from. Uh, do like him in dynasty though. If anybody's interested in dynasty, I do like him in dynasty. I think that the quarterback situation will straighten itself out over the next couple of years. And mayor will be the guy there. Uh, I do like him more as like a future tight end six though, than like a future tight end two. I just think he's more of an all-purpose blocker receiver, Jason Witten type instead of uh, the elite guy. So I want to ask you about two more teams because uh, I think there's some questions on two more teams. Uh, Denver is a team that we've been trying to find a tight end there for a while, and we keep kind of getting excited and getting hopeful. We have Greg Dulcich there. We have Sean Payton there now. Uh, Dulcich is getting more expensive every week. He's the ninth rounder now on our multi-site ADP tool which is higher than he was when I looked a couple weeks ago. So uh, how are you approaching Dulcich? Uh, is is he, if he lasts into those double digit rounds in that 10th round, are you going to take him? Would you consider the ninth round? I don't know about the ninth, but I think if he slips, possibly, you know, my home leagues, I happen to live in Denver. So he will go earlier just because people just take Broncos regardless of their, <laughs> you know, but I feel like, I feel like he's kind of one of those guys that people are people are scared of the Denver offense, period. I mean, it was as rock bottom and ugly as you can possibly be last season. I mean, they just did not score points, like real points or fantasy points. They did not score. So we have Sean Payton. I think that if Russell Wilson can kind of – I mean, he's not going to return to how he was just because he's older and things are different. But I feel like if he can at least put some semblance of what he used to be together – why not Greg Dulcich? I mean, he had a decent year last year. I can't remember. I didn't look him up. I f he was he was a tight end one for parts of the season. He he was a starting tight end, not the tight end one, but a fantasy tight end one at some point. So I feel like he's someone that everyone's kind of forgetting, and everyone's kind of oh no, you know Broncos offense not going to go there. And there are a lot of I don't want to say there's a lot of mouths to feed. There's a lot of questionable mouths to feed. Right. Like there's Cortland Sutton, there's Jerry Judy. Tim Patrick is coming on very strong um, from reports at camp. Uh, James Palmer of NFL Network posted a video the other day talking about that he feels like Tim Patrick is the best person in that locker room, like talent wise, which is crazy. Uh, so I feel like there's a lot of options there. And so I don't know how much they're going to use the tight end, but hopefully Sean Payton will do it, you know, use it more. Cause last year, a lot of people got burned on Dulcich and Albert O was just a train wreck for a oh, lot of people. That killed me. 
<laughs> a lot of people went into the season thinking he was going to be this great sleeper and he just he was horrible i mean they just didn't use him so i had a lot of gerald everett and albert O, and it didn't the, the tight end situation wasn't good for me last year <laughs> yeah we're not going to talk about jared albert or, or higby or yeah it, interesting how neither one of us no. have brought up gerald everett nope. this year <laughs> Listen, I've taken, I've actually taken plenty of Gerald Everett in oh, basketball. Absolutely, redraft, I, I can't, I, I can't mm. even look at that name every week. But best ball, absolutely, I've drafted him because, sure, why not? Yeah, yeah. in that yeah. offense, I mean, they were second in the league in pass attempts last yeah. year. Yeah, so, I know. Uh, interestingly enough, so uh, one final team, uh, the Green Bay Packers. You're getting lots of camp buzz about the rookie Luke Musgrave, uh, Oregon State alumni. So I'm a fan. Uh, how are you approaching the rookies in Green Bay? I'm not. I'm not taking those guys. I just feel like there's there's too many other players out there without as many question marks. You've got question mark as far as rookie goes, right, for both of them. And then you have Jordan Love, which no one knows what we have. So I think we're in a situation where there's just there's too many other guys out there in that same, you know, tight end 12 through 30. You know, you can throw a dart at all those guys. And I just don't think that either of those rookies are, are of interest to me. And they may be great, but. I'm okay with missing out on that. And he costs more than Dalton Schultz and Chiga Conquo. Oh, really? A, a lot of the guys, not, not a lot more, but he costs a little bit more than those guys. You know, he's like 14th round. All those other guys are later. And it may be the other t- rookie that they have in the end, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Tucker Crow. Yeah. <laughs> Carlson. No, I'm Tucker. just kidding. Ooh, just kidding. A- so. <laughs> um, it just my mind is at Croft, Craft. They're all. It's all coming. To- Tyler Craft. No, it's it's Tucker. Tucker it's the Croft. last name that I'm not sure about. <laughs> Tyler so. Craft, Tucker Croft. Tucker Craft. Yeah. There. See. <laughs> there we go. Anyway. T- Tyler Croft and Tucker Craft. Yes. That's the that's the way it goes. So. Either uh, way, I'm not drafting either one of those guys. Let, let's let's put it that way. Nor am I drafting Tucker Carlson for anything. Let's just let's just go on that T- route. Tucker Carlson probably not yeah. a good fantasy football player. He is not a, a, a pick for anything. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Mister. Thank you, Mister. Scampers. Tyler Croft and Tucker Craft. So. Uh, <laughs> that's all I've got this week, Jen. Uh, any uh, any final thoughts before we go? Um, we, you know, we did not talk about new England. We did not talk about Hunter Henry and Mike. Look at your face. Eh. I can't listen. You know, I am not a fan of Mike Gesicki, but I have, I have to admit I've taken a few shares. How dare you, Jen? How dare you? I feel like the Patriots are going to do a lot of those two tight end sets. And I feel like, why not? I've been taking both of them. They're both really cheap. It's true. So. Redraft, no, because that's a headache every week trying to figure out which, you know, who, whatever. But in best ball, I have to say, you know how I'm, I'm definitely, you know, Mike Kosicki is not Jen approved, but I have taken him a little bit. Still not Jen approved for redraft, though. Absolutely not. So <laughs> thank you, Mr. Scampers, for checking us out at the end there. I hope you have a wonderful evening as well. Uh, listeners, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Jen Akins NFL and at Two Guys Brandon. Thanks so much for checking us out and have a good day.